Microwave pork rinds. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rogue Agenda Podcast. I'm Tanner. This is Dick. And we are uh, having a set. We have a set. We've created a set and put a bunch of... Uh, We're no longer in the Caribbean. Yeah. Or some... A rainbow land. Some other person's picture. Rainbow... What did that remind me of? It reminded me of the... Uh, what's the Mario Kart track? Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road, yep. We were on yep. Rainbow Road. That's, see, I didn't know it at the time, but that's why I did that. That's exactly why you did that. I knew it. I was on top of that. So, um, there's probably, hopefully you guys can hear this popping. <laughs> we have some action in the foreground here. Yeah, we have some uh, microwave pork rinds. Hot and spicy. This version. I don't live near any stores, except one. And it's a dollar, what is it, a dollar general? Yeah. And I saw these in there. Microwave pork rinds. Uh-huh. That sounds horrible. Yeah. And they weren't they weren't even a dollar. That's how you you know something's oh, good. When something's not a dollar at the dollar store. Uh, they were like eighty eight cents. I stopped there yesterday and got um some tropical trail mix. It's as bad as advertised. <laughs> um Oh the one that yeah, I had yeah. I had a bag of tropical trail mix and I just told him like it's not good. Yeah. It's like a bad mix. Yeah. There's nothing... It needs chocolate, for sure, in there. Definitely needs chocolate. But I stopped there and got that, but I also got this uh, chocolate peanut butter and jelly. It's supposed to be a chocolate bar that inside has peanut butter and jelly, and it's a fail. It's a fail, for sure. It doesn't really taste like peanut butter and jelly. A lot of those just get, bit. like, a weird crystallized kind of bullshit yeah, in the middle. Yeah, it, was weird. It, wasn't, it wasn't good. I don't have any with me. I should have brought one over, but... I have a feeling this is not going to be good. Yeah, I don't know if I want to even... So we have our bowl of science here and we just microwaved these and they're still they were popping they're still kind of making noise and it's kind of like it's such a weird bag like it doesn't look like it's done it's kind of like yeah. a bag of popcorn <laughs> when you're ready to eat it it looks like you got a whole plus lot of it stops in. uh popping and this like we're gonna do this a quick way that's how i open popcorn yeah that's that's fine. All right, whatever you gotta do man i just don't it looks better than i was expecting oh, really? okay because i don't really it looks like pork rinds. Okay, yeah. I guess that's a good thing. I kind of yeah. like pork rinds. Even though they're like, Ooh, oh, that smell is that just not good. That smells horrible. That is not a good smell. And these are uh, hot and spicy. They had some other ones like mesquite and barbecue. Let me pick out a good one here. That doesn't look good. It kind of tastes like burnt fat. Yeah. And I felt my cholesterol just rise a little bit. I like that the package says uh, less than one gram total carbs per serving. Yeah. No fucking shit. It's all fat. It's like 100% fat. There's 310 milligrams of sodium. Which is not. And I don't want to eat any more of them. That's not good. They're not nausea inducing or anything but that's no, not good. that's like it's the bacon without the like <laughs> did you just break a tooth no i'm i'm like 30 i'm not at that age yet <laughs> no that like popped and pinched my lip yeah. 
Like Pop Rocks. It's like... They are, too. It's like... uh, I'm doing this for you guys. The moisture kind of... What the fuck is that? Nothing that's edible should do that. It did it again. It, like, stuck to my lip. Yeah, it's like... It feels like a little hermit crab pinching your lips. That's weird. It's like bacon without the meat. Like, why is that so angry in there? Yeah. What is that? I didn't. I didn't actually even look at the the ingredients. Ingredients. It looks like it's just fat and thick Some skin stuff. Pork rinds, malted dextrin, salt. And that's basically it. Yeah. Don't buy them. Uh. One out of five. I'm giving Maybe, it like a one out of ten. I think I think this is going to define the scale. Like, yeah, this is... I'm all for eating junk food, too. And I just, like, I can't... I don't want to eat any more of them, really. I just don't... They don't it doesn't look bad because it's like a crunchy snack. But, like, the taste isn't good. It's like bacon without bacon. I don't know. It does have, like... It's super fattening and salty, so it does have like that, like Moorish yeah. quality. I'm I'm good. I'm good on that. It's totally got like a Pop Rocks kind of thing. Yeah. Michael Lowry's <laughs> fucking microwave <laughs> pork rinds. <laughs> but yeah, so Magic the Gathering. Yeah. So this weekend, I went to me and my brother and our friend Brett went to uh, Star City Open Series Baltimore in uh, the Baltimore Open Series. Uh, SCG Bolt, and we played that's in... That's they call it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the hashtag, SCG Bolt. Uh, we, this is the newest, uh, the first tournament, first major tournament after Shadows Over Innistrad uh, has come out, so... The meta-defining tournament. Yeah, there's no meta, which makes it hard to, like, kind of know what you want on your sideboard, you're planning for everything, um, you don't have access to all the cards, we didn't have access to all the cards, so we had to pre-order cards and then scramble to find cards from... Uh, other people, the cards that we pre-ordered, we like got from Star City, which cost us a little more money, but we could pick them up at the, yeah. the venue. So it kind of sucks, but we had cards. We got to, we were able to play. Because we at really... that point, cards are all in like speculated prices. Yeah, it's basically. hard to tell. Um, Done that before. You buy like an eight dollar card, and then two days later, it's worth it's about worth, fifty. Yeah, if nothing. That. Yeah. So I played a Jund uh, Traverse the Uvenwald deck, which Traverse the Uvenwald allows you to search up a basic land for one green and put it in your hand. Or you can, if you have Delirium, which is have four card types in your graveyard, you can search for a creature for one. So it's a tutor uh, if conditions are met. So I, I, my deck was built around that. I had uh, enchantments where that were removal spells so that they would hit the graveyard. I had Evolving Wilds in my deck to act as land because there's no um, fetch lands now. I had Mind Rack Demon, which puts four cards into your graveyard whenever it comes into play. And it's a 4-5 for four. It's like Desecration Demon, but Flying Trample. Um, so it was pretty good. I ended up going 1-3-1. and one. Um, well, I drew, but I conceded to the guy because there wasn't a, there's no point in, at that, like when you have three, cause if you have three losses, you can get into day two, yeah. like six and three gets you into day two. But if we both and we don't, and I was just like overplaying, I just against the, sometimes, especially that, like you've committed to a deck. Yeah. And, and like if the meta is kind of, kind of cruel to that deck, you can't really do anything about well, it. Well, it wasn't like, I don't think, I don't think I was real far off with a deck. I just, I played a couple, um. Aggressive 
matches. I mulled the five a couple times. Um, I have plenty of like early kill spells to, to deal with their stuff, and I didn't get it. So I think I could refine it and work on it more, and it would be it would be something. I think it's a thing, but um, I didn't I didn't guess. Does that it deck right. have a name yet? I just called it Jun Traverse. It's Traverse the Open World's like the big card that everything's built around, and Jun's the three the shards of colors: black, green, and red. Okay. So I played that. Casey played. My brother played Esper Dragons. Um, he went like one and four. It was a, a rough day for control. He always plays control, but like playing control at the beginning is is rough because you don't know what you're trying to control. So, uh, he played Esper Dragons and it didn't, it didn't work out for him. So we kind of, we dropped early. Our, our friend Brett had the most success. He ended up going like three and three, I think three and three or three and four and then dropped. So, um, overall not, not that great, but, um, there's, it's always an experience. It's always fun. Uh, How many people were there? I think six or 700, something like that. Um, pretty big event. It's not huge, but that was that many players. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a bit. Um, well, there might, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't see the final number. Usually it's between five and seven. We'll just say that. It's somewhere oh, okay, between there. So. so, like, yeah. At least they're maintaining. Yeah. Um, Baltimore's pretty big because it's easy to get to from New York, Philly, D.C., all those places are, you have people converge. It's like Roanoke's kind of home away from home. They're, Star City's based out of Roanoke, Virginia, and it's their kind of, their home away from home basically yeah. where they get a big convention center that a lot of people can get to it's one of the closest that they do to them because so. the tournament scene's still strong which it's getting of, it's getting stronger uh grand prix are capping out at five thousand people and and having no problem because that was something else you i had saw i t- we talked about it the other day and then you i guess had read some stuff about it too mm-hmm. uh i guess it's wizards of the coast or is it hasbro it's Wizards. It's Wizards. Wizards right. got a new CEO. Right. And uh, part of the problem Magic has right now is, like, the tournament scene is still strong. Like, the mm-hmm. top end. But they are doing terrible online. Yeah. Like, Magic sure. online is, is not good. It still kind of shocks me. I actually have it installed. I installed it again. This is even after the big update they did to the user interface and stuff, and I still hate it. I really do. It's it just feels so dated. Yeah. Which me of all people should not have a problem with that. I listen to MIDI music, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but it's just it, it's kind of clunky. The gameplay is not good. Um, there's a lot of interactions with spells that don't like they just don't work right. Yeah. There was and there's always something that people are finding out that you can't like. For a while, it was... Um... Part of it, I didn't like it how unforgiving it was. Like, if you're playing a game... I understand if you're playing in a tournament, that's not the case. But if you're playing a game for fun, and you do something, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, I didn't want to do that. You actually can't do that yeah. with a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, there'll be times where you have to click certain cards for different effects and stuff. And if you misclick, you're just fucked. You just re- you just wasted your turn or whatever. But, uh, what's it? Is it of Hasbro? Because Hasbro owns Wizards, right? Yeah. It's for Wizards of the Coast. The Chris Cox joins as president of Wizards of the Coast. The guy um, that was there before him, Greg Leeds, um, resigned, but he will stay on to help like, um, mentor him. Yeah, mentor basically. him. He start. He was. He served as president of Wizards since two thousand eight, and he started at Hasbro in two thousand one. He went ensured a smooth transition, and he joins for Cox, who joins the team in uh, June of two, uh, June sixth of this year. 
But no, they didn't. I don't know if there was problems there. There's probably a reason. I mean, there's always a reason a CEO leaves yeah, well, I a think, company. Yeah. But, uh, no, hopefully they're going to try to fix some of those problems. Uh, the, the day I saw that story, I think it was 24 hours later that Wizards of the Coast on their YouTube channel released a video that was basically uh, a beginner's guide to playing Magic Online. Yeah. It, it had that one woman. I forget what her name is. But... uh. It was basically like a tutorial, which is funny because it they're kind of admitting that it's it's so hard oh, they know. for somebody that's yeah, they new. Know. It's if you if you don't know how to play magic, like if you don't already understand magic pretty well and you go and try to use magic online, it's horrible. Yeah. Like I can't It's just a horrible problem. If we had to make a tutorial, I don't know how oh, I'd yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'd do it. Like you have you start with nothing. And you have to acquire cards in the system, which is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, trading's kind of weird, because uh, a lot of people, you have to trade directly with other players. There's no or, real, like, marketplace yeah, or for, bots. for cards. And tickets all the trading the you do is done with bots. Yeah, tickets are, the one ticket is the equivalent of, of a dollar, basically. And, and Yeah. They're basically like IRC bots. Right. And you have to, like start a private chat with them and then you do this stuff and and it's all automated you have to type in keywords and it's it's, it's just crazy like, that in 2016 that's wizards yeah. of the coast wizard of the coast online platform for magic yeah like it horrible. fucking boggles my mind and the mind blower it, I, the the absolute mind blower for me is that is still not available in macintosh yeah that is still how yeah. in the fuck does a company the size of Wizards not have one of their main products available on the Mac OS? Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, they know there that it's bad. Like everybody that ever plays it knows. Budget it's shitty apps on the fucking every app store is usually multi platform. Yeah. Like I can't fathom of why that can't be ported to Macintosh. Maybe it's just because of how it's coded. Maybe it's so ass backwards the way they had to do everything that I, but that that more than anything boggles my mind. How long has Magic Online been out? I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, it's I been just... a while. Wizards should know better because they're losing their ass to Hearthstone. Uh, I just saw an article not that long ago of a pro pro tour. He, I think he's even a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he might be in the Magic Hall of Famer. Uh, he was writing an article about I'm you know I'm sitting down to play a game a card game. And it's not magic. It's a Hearthstone. Because if you're going to play something online, it's just superior in almost every way. Yeah. People, a lot of the stuff people don't care about, but like everything's animated. If you have no idea how to play Hearthstone, you can still sit and watch a game of Hearthstone and more or less understand what's happening. Yeah. Like this did damage to this, this did damage to that. Uh, there's almost no visual cues in Magic Online. You just no. have like icons sitting on like a virtual uh, tabletop, right. and you have to know everything already, and that's fine for a, a lot of the Magic playing population because they are just tabletop players that are want to test decks and have fun with friends and that shit. But right. like we've talked before, Cockatrice is so much better, so much better. That's free. Yeah. You have to know how to play the game to do that, though, too. I think that's well, you just, do like, more one. probably more so with yeah, that. But it's less; it's not automated at all. But. And it doesn't cost money every time you want to do something. Yeah, like they have drafts like normal where you get packs and you, you, mm -hmm. you it's a full on draft, but it's expensive to do them regularly. Yeah, 
I think they're what five 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 to fifteen dollars usually to participate. Yeah, ten to fifteen usually. In a virtual event that's a one off. And you, you can, there's like prizes, you can get packs and stuff, but it's so it's like, it, it's not like you're really getting much, it's digital, you're getting digital goods. Right. So, yeah, it's, it just, it shocks me that, that Magic Online's still in the state that it's in. Because I used to play years ago, and even then I was just like, holy shit, this program needs some yeah, fucking love. It's this UI is terrible. It's time. Real long time. A lot of the really menus nice are nested in weird ways, and it's it's hard to get to certain things. Like like, one of the core elements is trading cards, and like I said, these bots can only interact with one person at a time. So I, I yeah, remember before it's... like sitting there for fifteen or twenty minutes trying to click on a bot and get a session started because people were bombarding them because that bot has cards that you need, and it's like oh, if I have the money, I'll, yeah. I'll pay for them, but I can't get them. Because <laughs> yeah. it's fucking bot, and then there were times where the bots would malfunction. Like you'd get, uh, I remember one time I had like a whole deck, like I had a whole deck worth of cards. Like I need four of these, four of these, four of these, and it takes forever because it's it's shitty how you got to search and there's just like page after page after page of cards because a lot of the sets are on there. Right. Uh, like 120 cards because I had extra sideboard cards, and everything, whole fucking deck. Bot crashed. Oh shit! It when it went to complete the transaction, it just kind of timed out and kicked me out of the lobby. No doubt. It's like, That's oh nice. god, take my money. But, but no new new CEO and you said you had seen it too. Uh, they're doing a documentary, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is to try to nurture, uh, try to get the community bigger, because I think the people that are there are solid. Like I think most of the people that are still in Magic today, probably aren't going anywhere. Yeah, because like uh, you, it's such a big investment to get to get into it. Right. He um, Leeds was replaced by Chris Cox, who most recently served as a vice president of OEM technical sales at Microsoft, where he led global sales and technical engagement team. Well, I mean, like the thing about the other guy that's just leaving too, like Magic's never been more popular. They've never sold more units than they have recently, so he yep. didn't like fail at what he was doing. No, no, they just um, their footprint in in the kind of CCG market could be bigger. Yeah, sure. Uh, he served as vice president of educational games at Leapfrog. Um, he worked for Procter and Gamble, increased leadership positions at Xbox and MSN. So he's been around. I think it's probably a good thing. He's probably has some um, insight into where they should be going. But like one of the biggest things that they need to fix is obviously the online platform. Um, but as far as like story content, uh, the content, the story's never been better. The content's never been better. As far as playing like actual cards, it's some stuff. It's never some, been more popular, and that stuff's always been fine in a lot of ways. Yeah, like so, art magic's always been great. There's definitely things that they need to do to take it into. The rules uh, are always interesting. They always add, you know, new twists to gameplay yeah, and stuff. New territories, uh, but I think they'll get there. The the they released a trailer on YouTube for Enter the Battlefield, which is a documentary that they're going to release on April 26th on YouTube and Netflix that follows seven, I think, seven Pro Tours. Uh, yep, I got it right here. Uh, Reed Duke, Owen Turtenwald, William Jensen, Shahar Shenhar, Patrick Chapin, Melissa DeTora, and Chris Pecola. Chris Pecola, yeah. Reed Duke was one of my favorites to follow. Uh, Owen he's been a long time. Yeah, he's... Reed Duke's been He's good. He always plays the kind of decks that I like to play, but... Um, Owen Turtenwald's the best, probably the best Magic, like, as far as points and success goes, he's been the best Magic player for the last couple of years. Seen the Hall of Fame yet? 
No, he's no. not yet. Uh, William Jensen is in the Hall of Fame. He's top eight at a bunch of pro tours. Um, Huey, William Huey Jensen, he's really good. Shahar Shenhar is another um, just like platinum pro. He's on the World Cup, all that stuff. Um, really high end, but he's younger than most of those other guys. Patrick uh, Chapin's been along Patrick around Chapin's a long time. Patrick Chapin's yeah, a Hall of Famer. Melissa Del Toro is the first, I think, first female top eighter. Top eight, and then Chris Bakula yep. is like an older pro that's trying to get into the Hall of Fame. Like if he wins like another, um, if he gets another top eight or has another good finish like that, he can end up being in the Hall of Fame. So they it's kind of they had snippets to, of his interview in that. And it was yeah. it was interesting because. Even he, it's like he knows. He's right at the, yeah. the precipice. And it's a big thing. Because if you're in the Hall of Fame, then you don't have to, you automatically qualify for every pro tour ever. You just get in. It's like we're glad you showed up. Yeah, so they don't have to uh, to grind like Grand Prix, stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting, especially for me, to see how in-depth they get with it. Um, it could be really interesting, but it could also just, I don't know if two hours is enough to get into, you know, you have to do some to cover good editing. Seven people, yeah, and actually kind of get their story and and the the human side of things. That's that's not a lot of time. No, not at all. Not a lot of time. Because I I at first thought it was episodic. I thought it was going to be like a show they did. Yeah, but no, it's it's going to be a. But I wonder which one they're following because uh, Pro Tour shadows over Innistrad's in two weeks, I believe. What's already done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. wonder which one that they, they did, if it was like Battle for Zendikar, if the Gate they've been filming for two, two and a half years, I think. Okay, so then this so is... So that's what, yeah, so yeah. it's going to be, like the old Innistrad block, maybe, I guess before that even. Probably Ravnica, I think, is Ravnica, Klonza, Tarkir, Theros. But that'd be interesting. It's about two, two and a half years old. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. My wife and I watch so. a ton of documentaries. Watch a ton of documentaries. We don't not so much anymore, but holy hell, have we ever watched a lot of documentaries over the years? Because I like Netflix is changing a lot of things, and I think like documentaries get a lot more play now than they did before because they're yeah. so available. Because uh, before we used to watch a guy whose name's uh, Louis Thoreau. He's from the UK, and he did some really really great documentaries on men, uh, mental illness, like children. Uh, a lot of it, almost all of them were about the U.S., which that's what made it super interesting to me. Like, this is a guy from the U.K. doing a documentary about the U.S. Right. And they were pretty pretty crazy. Like, a lot of it was eye-opening stuff. So check out documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. Well, I don't think, <laughs> I wonder if Louis Thoreau, because to me, he's like one of those guys, he's not like the godfather of documentaries or anything crazy like that, but uh, he's had a lot of influence on me, like the way he does things and the approach he takes. He's not perfect by any means, but. So this is a media recommendation for this week is to check that guy out on. He's interesting. On I think he has a, some bigger projects coming out soon, but I don't know what they are offhand. But it's always, man. If you're, it's always good to see perspectives that are different than your own. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially like that. Like you don't very often get to see kind of like a heartfelt. Uh, opinion of something about your country from someone else like yeah. a lot of times it's so unbelievably or it's biased dismissed. or flavored or uh but no i it's kind of it kind of brings me down to think about it because of some of the things that his uh, documentaries were about but but now i really liked watching them this will be great i hope i hope it's good they did have a shitload of camera work in the fucking trailer holy yeah. hell yeah they're going for like... some cinematography awards Indeed. there um some production value there. 
But I guess like to to kind of, I know, to wrap up the whole the magic thing. There was a couple things in the news I guess this week with that. I had you know went to the the first open for it. Um, the big thing that came out of it was Bant Company was a Bant Company deck. There was a um, Jim Davis ended up winning the tournament uh, with Bant Company, which is white, blue, and green. Um, Collected Company allows you to take six cards off the top of your library and then take two cards and two creature cards and put them into play. It's crazy. There haven't yeah. been very many good Bant decks over the years. No, it's it's not been, really. Uh, the last couple um, seasons. At the end of last season and then, you know, the beginning of this one, there's been some good stuff. But it's humans. There's a lot of humans, um, too. They're playing blue-white humans. And then there's humans kind of slotted into the Bant Company deck. There's green humans. Um, some of the impressive cards that I wrote down were uh, Tireless Tracker, which gets out of control quick. It's got the new clue mechanic, Investigate. Whenever a land comes into play, you get a clue. Whenever a clue is, you pay two and sacrifice it to draw a card. Oh, when you such a clue. It, whenever you uh, sacrifice that clue, that creature gets plus one, plus one. So every turn, basically, it can end up getting bigger and bigger. That was a really cool card. That sounds good, but that mechanic does not fucking excite me at all. The clues? No. Oh, it's great. It's great. No, In play, it's, it's awesome. No, um, it sounds it sounds good, but it sounds kind of stupid. It's it 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 works for a while. It makes sense for. Uh, yeah, I guess we're running out of things to do. Just can't give them too hard of a time. It's story like related. Mechanics. It's lore related. Yeah. Jace is on, in a strad, trying to find oh, out what's going with all the people. So he's don't have a fucking green screen. Yeah. Um. He's searching for clues to find out what's going on on that plane. So it makes sense story wise, but it's, um. The overall the gameplay mechanic for clues is it's been it's been awesome. It's cool. Um, Thing in the ice is I'm another here. one. Uh, it's a it's a wall that if you it comes in play it has four counters on it. You play four instant or sorceries and it flips into a seven eight horror that bounces other creatures to the to their hand. Um, Todd Anderson made a blue red control deck based around that kinda and it's insane. It's fucking awesome. It's fun as shit to play. I've been playing it on cockatrice for the last couple nights and it's just. You, do you know, uh, Magmatic Insight is one red, draw two cards, we have to discard a land card. So you can, talk like, about magic. There's so it. much stuff. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so, so much, much just, like, stuff. Explanation. Um, but you end up, basically, you can draw four cards with paying one, and it's super fun. It's super fun. There's discard outlets that allow you to play other cards for cheap. Uh, it's just, it's a fun, and then you get to flip this wall into a 7-8 beater and kill somebody. That's what it's all about, turns. it sounds it's like. Fun. Yeah, You're just great. waiting for that moment. Because I'm a sucker for decks like that. You know some of the decks I've played over the years. Where it's like, there's something cool in there. That that's what that's what you want to do. Like, that's what you want to be yeah. doing. It's awesome. It's the greatest thing. It's But I've played some shitty decks. Oh, yeah. Because there of that. was. There was definitely Because you're like, decks, no, but, but that, but that, what is that? Uh, confirmation bias. Like, for that one time, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. But then I played 10 games and I lost. And but that oh, one time, man, you just great. wait. Let's let's fucking play. You're going to, you're. would you just wait till this happens? Then yeah. it fucking doesn't happen um uh charm breaker devils no yeah that was yeah that's a one time yeah. <laughs> that was my pipe dream deck we think um coming out of it we think that the uh the removal spell that's going to define the format is declaration in stone it's a white removal spell white's the best color which is very rare right now white's the best color um, declaration in stone allows you to exile any creature and it will exile any number of creatures that are the same. So if you have more than one, it exiles all oh, of them shit. for one white and a colorless. I was wondering if you were going to say that. What was that one card where it 
X out everything with the same name. It's detention sphere. It's a detention, detention sphere, sphere, but it's not an enchantment, and it costs less. It's sorcery, speed, sorcery, yeah. But they get a clue token for each creature. Oh, I'm getting such a clue. It's I don't know. And against Do you know what that you remember that? No, right? I don't. I don't. I don't. You don't really remember care, that, man? This, You're fucking my vibe up. The here. South Park episode. No. The guy got you don't you don't watch enough South Park. Hopefully, our viewers watch enough South Park. Yeah. Um. Uh, format defining card is probably going to be Declaration and Stone as far as removal. It's a good card. And it's a two? One white, one colorless. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's going to... There's going to be a lot of card, uh, decks playing. That's pretty quick for that kind of effect. Well, if you're playing it against aggressive or, decks, the clue... Not that quick, they, but cheap, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, against other aggressive decks, they're not going to have the opportunity to draw the card. So it's kind of free. Any way you can draw cards is good in Magic. Yeah. But if they don't have the time, then you're probably all right so um, that's all I've basically had for, for Magic and what we went through our experience this weekend opens are fun um, let's talk about we're going to talk about Magic for a minute what do you feel like one of the complaints I've seen that a lot of new players have about Magic Online which isn't really about Magic Online like, and they don't realize that but it's actually about Magic is how fucking clunky land is yeah, like, I mean, that's like Hearthstone's argument magic. or whatever um, to make it better. I, I just don't I don't know that you can fundamentally fundamentally change magic anymore. Like, to, if you made a drastic change like that, then it's not magic. Yeah. So then you no, just I get I get interest. that. Like, it would be better if you didn't get land screwed and there wasn't as much variance. Because I don't like know that, what to but... say to people. Because I agree, land is fucking clunky. It's like land. Is, is an enabler in Magic because it lets you do things, but it's also this huge fucking hurdle most games. Yeah. Like, where it, it makes or breaks your hands when well, you draw. Well, I think that's what sets this apart from and I don't other know what games to... like that. Like, Hearthstone, to me, is too easy. It's, uh, like, I don't... If I'm... If I'm going to play... And I understand what, like, Patrick Chapin's saying, because, like, online well, is that the versus... Is that the word you want to use, like, easy? Or is it just that it's less complex? Because it, I would... Un, well, I think that, it's. I, I think it's like a no-brainer that same, it's less complex. Yeah, there's just less stuff happening. Right, and fewer interactions. To me, makes it like an easier game to play. So we'll see. On that, but like, this this is related too because that's exactly what people say about you and I playing Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, but sure. I like we've already talked about that. Like I don't think that's a valid criticism necessarily. That like the lower complexity means it's easier. Well, I think Hearthstone's it, like. When you like, as far as like a CCG aspect, when you remove, it's a the less complex means it's an easier game for people to play. Yeah, I think that no, I there that. it goes hand in hand because that's what they're saying is the com the complexity of Magic is the figuring out like the land counts, the the amount of cards that have the double colors. It, it is a big deal is figuring out your mana base and that's one of the things I love that, that. that's one of the fiddly elements of, of like deck building and stuff is well you can see how far you can push you run it numbers too. you gotta do a little, little bit of math when you remove that and you're just putting like at a beginner level they're just putting the best cards in the best deck then oh sure that makes it's it like, easier for them it's to, like drafting in magic put, more or less right so they put just trying to get the juice so, in the deck yeah I guess it's like I understand that they're not always one and the same I think in this case the, and I think that's why they do it. I think that's why they removed it was so that it's easier for more people to play. Yeah. Because the people that, well, no, that I can, don't I can generally see that. play Magic... Because I prefer it, if, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, I, 
because it takes something like to me like I get that magic is a part of the game but I don't know that it it it's tough it's kind of nuanced like I don't know that it that toughness or complexity or that additional level of variance like necessarily adds anything positive to the game like i get it's something that's part of the game that we all have to at deal the casual with, but... level no at the competitive competitive level yes the incremental like you were talking about the incremental advantages of where it matters yeah in a, in in that situation you being the better the smarter magic player wins you those games well sure at the competitive level uh, what was that we were talking about i think that was heroes of the storm People were talking right. about uh, different builds and how, like, and they're they're right in some some cases. At high levels of competition, certain builds are good, mm -hmm. but when you're not at a high level of competition, like you just there's just certain levels of efficiency that you need to hit, right. and if you do, you'll you'll like be yeah. okay. Now I, I get I, I have, get that. See, that's a, why I have a problem with like commander because it's not competitive. Well, and, and well, anything is like whenever you have when you're playing with guys that are like I'm gonna go buy. See, a we can fucking thumb wrestle and it can be competitive. Yeah. That makes it competitive because you're buying cards that are worth that much money so that your deck wins. Like you're that's yeah. that's competitive as much oh, as it mean, is casual. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of a laid back. Right. Uh, yeah, buying a hundred dollar card isn't laid back. To yeah, me. for a, ca a casual thing when people are paying thirty dollars for the whole deck, like that's not casual. Even like regular Magic, I I I definitely prefer just. Playing with like commons and, yeah. and uncommons right. and just having well, see, decks that's that just where, beat the hell out of each other, and, and that's where our perspective is different. Like I'm uh, well, for fun, players... for fun, not for not no. not when I'm in the mood to compete. Like yeah. that's that's when I'm like, yeah, fucking, I need I need two mountains right. and well, one point no, seven I, swamps. I just can't look at anything from the casual perspective because to me, magic's a game. So you're an elitist. No, 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 no. Because uh, I'm, I'm not that said. good. I'm not that good. But I don't approach it in a casual manner. Dirty like casuals. you can't. I don't no, know. I it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me that, like, to play casually. Like I want to. I want to win that. And you can win in Magic by knowing more. So oh, no. the complexity I mean... there doesn't necessarily hurt you. It can be to your advantage. And I don't know that that's always necessarily right. Uh, with certain things like knowing the rules better than somebody but that's it's understood that like at a tournament like this, the baltimore it's you're at competitive rel which means that you need to know sure you need to know how to play the game i think that if you would ask like i said those the people that developed hearthstone and stuff they did it so that they could have more people oh i wouldn't doubt that at all play, because that like play that because it's it's a simpler uh, what's but again, it's it's just funny that like literally every one of these arguments uh, is the same in the case of like League of Legends versus Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm. Like literally every one of those because they did do those changes so it's more it's you know people are more able mm -hmm. to to pick it up. Because uh, League of Legends isn't as bad as like Magic Online as far as like the learning curve. No, but, and but I, there's like, a lot of shit going on in that yeah, game that you kind of need to know. But I think Heroes of the effective. Storm is more, it's more fun to play for me. And that's just like, I guess that's just my opinion. I don't know how. Why well, would just assume that's what both like, Hearthstone that players for, would say. For Magic. Like, if you could remove the mana, I don't think it's. It just changes well, not the remove game to it. like It's like Hearthstone. They didn't remove it because it's still a, a huge factor in the game. But you just get it. But you still, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you but it's not, And it's not color based. No, no, I, I, I agree, but like each one of those things, I, I would argue, doesn't add 
necessarily anything to the game by having it. Like I think I think Magic could streamline and still be a shitload of fun to play, and there'd still be that difference between like the casuals and the competitive. Yeah, because like Hearthstone has a competitive. Well, I think that kind like when you're getting into things like that's the the difference is is that the like again you get turn one you get one turn two you get two turn sure. three you get three turn two, like however that works you can't oh, Which you is, can manipulate that more like that's part of. A, a strategy is manipulating that so that you can play a 10-10 creature on turn 5 or 6. Like oh, that, sure. Yeah. So it's just like, it's things. exactly the same or, as magic. It just works in a different way. Yeah, but like when you remove the color, the colors too, that changes. I just think like, uh, I understand why like they're similar, but they're a world of different to me. I don't know. And I guess that's because I'm so ingrained into like, this is well, the yeah, best just, form of it to me. I'm just kind of surprised like you can't see it from the other side. Like you don't, you don't get it. Like, I understand you disagree with them, but... What? what like, I? that it's not just... It's not just better that, like, magic has more colors. Because would... No, no, no. I don't say... No, it's... Because, like, you could That's easily... fundamentally different, though. The difference yeah. in the game is that... And if you remove that from magic, I don't know how it's magic. Is what well, it is. It is in a literal <laughs> sense. Yeah. You know? But, uh... To me, like I don't know a, how a good, you simplify that to make a good and analogy have colors is like, uh, see, I I can like I can I don't know any ways offhand, but it, I'm sure it could be done. Uh, it's just like how League of Legends has items that you have to buy for your character, and there's this huge fucking shop, and there's all kinds of items and stuff. Like to me, that seems like a, a pretty close analog to mana colors in Magic, where yeah, if it's there, there's going to be strategies involved with it, but I don't think you have a worse game if it's not there. Because you could still have some other thing. Like, what if you got basically a free land every turn and you had to pick a color? Like, and cards still had colors. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be ways. Like, there's middle ground there. Yeah. I just... It struck me because I saw that complaint with people. It's... Because it is kind of extra punishing to new players because, you, you know, you spend an hour or two building a deck or something. And if your mana numbers are, or land numbers are off, you're just not going to have a good time. Like, you're right. just going to have... Yeah, um, there's a learning curve. There's a bigger learning curve for sure. But I, I was just curious what your thoughts were because I don't really know what I would say to them. They're like, man, magic sucks because of the, the mana and it like makes 40% of my games just aggravating as hell even when I do have my numbers right. Because like, I totally relate to that. Yeah. It's always been my biggest complaint about magic. Well, I don't see... I don't, like, is, late, I don't think it happens as much as... I think it's always amplified for people whenever it happens. You know what I mean? Like I, I think well, that yeah. if you ran the numbers, that it's not quite. There's, there's variance for sure. There's variance for sure, but it's always amplified in those situations with people because it costs them the did you, game or. Did you get like. fucked in on land in that tournament at all? Not no, not as far as um, colors go. But I mean, like, I think that like general, I had to, like not lands coming up to and... mull the five a couple times because yeah. they, it wasn't. See, I, I had that. one or I had five or, but that's like. A, that's like I, and a, I know it's part of the game. I'm not. Well, the it is, but the the person on the other side has the same thing can happen to them. Sure. And it's not. Um, no, it's fair in that sense that you're both kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's randomly just, getting it, fucked. It is from what time it is, but like you can if you're if you you can still win. Like you can yeah. if you play well enough that you can still win. And I think that's where like I don't like have any sympathy for lack of skill. Even though it takes, I know that there's a curve to it. I don't help. I'll explain to you things like that. But if 
if you like that's just like i, I want to well, this is all in the context like i guess we never i never really said that this is all in the context of like wizards trying to get more people to play magic online like that's why like as far as tabletop i, I know lots of people that have picked magic up and you just deal with it whatever but yeah i was just curious i know we spent we spent like the whole episode on magic but yeah uh well i don't have much else to talk about anyway and that the only thing that I have, um, like as far I have a media recommendation, I went on a, I went off an eBay thing for today. I went on a, a neutral and negative feedback <laughs> uh, rampage. Yeah, rampage. I left ne- neutral it was feedback. Like four or five or five something. Five of them. Jesus. I left neutral feedback for the lady that gave us uh, the gave religious the religious literature. literature. And you did show me her feedback. There was a lot of people that complained. Yeah, she actually had a lot of negatives that were you related just, directly to that. You can't mix that kind of shit with your business and expect people now to... People are already looking for a reason to give you negative fucking feedback. You tell people that they're like living their life wrong and you don't know them. She's like, I did Because she responded to some of them. She's like, I, it was just Easter. I didn't yeah. offend anybody. And I get that. I, sure. Most of my family's Christian. Just stop. Like, but, there's no... There, you don't have to do it when you're trying to sell stuff to people. Yeah. I uh, left one because I had to pay 49 cents to pick up a package. I let them know, and I wasn't mad about the 49 cents again because it's happened to me before, no big deal, but they didn't respond. So I just left them neutral feedback to like, hey, pay attention to people when they talk to you. I left negative feedback because a guy had a bent card. He said it wasn't bent to me, and I was like, what the fuck ever, dude? You got negative feedback. Um, when something's bent and the package it in is in isn't, yeah, it was bent when you put it in right. there. So there's no <laughs> it's like, getting around yeah. it, man. Um, I can get it if the whole thing was bent, but... One was because I told him that they had they shipped it like shit, and they never acknowledged me, so I was like, yeah, didn't talk to me. So you didn't have enough time to like respond. The only other negative feedback they have is because they said the same thing, that they didn't respond to one of their requests. Yeah, some people's like, crazy. Like, they don't seem to check their shit. No. Nah. But once a week. Yeah. I, I had a woman that... It was like eight days from yeah. the time I, res- I messaged her until she responded. Yeah, nothing. What the fuck's going on over there, lady? Yeah. And she had a bunch of, st- like, she had 50 items or so listed. It's like, man, how the hell are you staying on top of everything? Yeah. So that's, a, I mean, that's was like my biggest, my eBay things for this week was people. I was, I just finally did it. I was like trying to hold off, waiting for people to respond. I'd kind like of stuff. to. And I'm just like, I'm just tired of like, cause they would do it to me and it would be, it was something stuff. And I, I at least respond to the people. And that was mostly what it was. It was that they responded or they. Like, let me know you're alive. Yeah. Like, even if you're like, no, right. not fixing anything, I don't give a fuck that you had a problem. Well, that's like, fine. That's even what, exactly. that, it's like, let, at least let me know. That's what my third negative feedback was for, was I the guy sent a Riddler, which is worth a lot of money, and I wanted that, but there was some other stuff in it, so it decreases the price of what you're paying per thing, right, whatever. Yeah. All three of the other figures were damaged. Like, there was chips on the, the horns of the one, and I told him about it, and he was like, well, you can just send them all back, because I can just sell the... I got an offer on the Riddler for 23 itself. And I was like, that's not how you handle things. And you don't have returns set up in your, um, as a thing. I know you can do it, but I was just like, well, then I'm going to just leave you negative feedback until you respond differently. At least yeah. provide an option. Like, don't be. Let me know. Just, just say something. Dick. Even if, if it's just like a reply that's like, fuck off, period. Well, that's basically what he said. He <laughs> was just I like, I don't. You, you read my message. I don't give a shit. At least you know I'm there. But. But, no, there's not much else going on. The big thing that was going on was we have setting set. up to, yeah, to quit fucking green screening because we don't have space anywhere else in the house. And, uh, it'll just be nice. Be able to do different Looks stuff. Looks good. My TV actually works. I tested uh, 
and NES and stuff that I sold a little bit ago. So the TV's hooked up. We're going to get another screen up here on top. Kind of the tower of, of TVs. We can use it to display stuff that we're talking about. But, but we're trying to move forward. Trying to make it better. So, again, if more than two people watch this, give us some suggestions and comments and favorites. <laughs> we're creeping up there. Um, but my media recommendations for this week are the Joe Ledger series by Jonathan Mayberry. Jonathan Mayberry is an uh, author from Baltimore. He has referenced Hagerstown in his books before, which is 10 minutes right down the road. Yeah, from us. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's about uh, a team of like basically SWAT, SEALs, elite, you know, guys, I guess. I don't know. And the first one was like a man's zombie outbreak. Man, or men's man. How, yeah, it's just like tactical stuff. A man's I guess. man. Um, He's a fuzz. The first one was about zombies. And like from five years ago, whenever zombies were like the hugest thing. When they so were actually cool. cool and exciting. Right. The second one's called The Dragon Factory. First one's called Patient Zero. Second one's called The Dragon Factory. And it's about Nazis uh, making genetic alterations to different uh, animal to species iguanas. and like all kinds of stuff. It's really fucking cool. Do they turn an iguana into a T-Rex? No, they turn... Um, they make dragons, though. They try to make dragons. Um, I just pre-ordered the newest book that comes out April 26th. It's the eighth book in the series. It's called Kill Switch. Number eight? Yeah. Really oh, eight. that's always, like, daunting to me. Like, even if it'd be cool, it's like uh, Game of Thrones and that shit. Like, even if I'd want to read it, it's like, oh, fuck. It's not hard to, man. They're really good. Yeah. And then my music recommendation is called Comes and Goes by Greg Laswell. It's a song. That's uh, good. Comes and Goes, Greg Laswell. Check it out. I've never heard that or of him. It's like an acoustic thing. It came up, I like the song, but it, it was a suggestion from what we were talking about before the camera started rolling. Oh, uh, no shit. Yeah. It's just a good song. Super though. secret personal stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. <clears throat> I always forget to get, like, there's nothing really going on in my life as far as media. Well, that dude, the guy uh, that you were talking about with the Netflix documentary, documentaries. Yeah, but that's like... Heavy? Well, no, it's not even that. It's I don't I don't really expect anybody to People go out look and at that. look up Louis Thoreau, but... Stuff. He has an X in his name. How can you not like that guy? That's, well, that's what that's going to be my stuff crazy. anyway. I had two, so that covers it for this week. There's something. As far as media this week, like I said, I've been working on getting shit built down here and barely getting by on eBay trying to ship stuff. I have stuff to yeah. ship now that I got to put a label on, but uh, yeah, and it's four forty, so we're gonna four forty three. So we're cutting this off so I can make it to the post office. This is the regular podcast. Wait, wait. There's got to be something. Where did, I already said there was a new Trailer Park Boys. Because I've been watching that. Yeah. Kills me when we'll see eye to eye on that. Something, thing. something, Ricky Gervais. All right. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Peace. <laughs> peace.